Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masechtas Yevamos, chapter 11. Mishnah 5 and Mishnah 6, that's Parakidal of Mishnah Hey and Mishnah Vav. We had previously discussed the concept of a child getting mixed up or unsure who the parents are. We're going to continue that with a different variation. Kohen is a wife of a Kohen has a boy, and at the same time her slave woman, her, her, her Eved, has a boy as well, and they get mixed up. So now what's the, what's the din? How do, we, what, what, how do we treat these two children? One's a definite Kohen, and one's a slave of a Kohen. They both may eat truma because both a Kohen and the Kohen's household, including the slaves, can eat truma. So that's good. However, But they receive only one portion of truma at the threshing floor. That is, if you recall from previously, we, we say unless you're an actual Kohen, uh, a male Kohen, that is, you cannot go to the threshing floor and collect truma. We were concerned, previously we were concerned that a woman, if she collected directly and then she were to get have got divorced, the, the farmer wouldn't know and he'd give her truma when she wasn't eligible for it. So they made a rule that only the male Kohen can get it. The same applies to an Eved as well. So long as the Eved, the slave, belongs to the Kohen, they can eat truma. But we're afraid that, let's say the Eved is sold or freed, and they go to collect truma, the farmer doesn't know that they were emancipated or that they were sold, and he'd give them truma when they're now no longer eligible to eat it. Fine. The Enumatam and the Mason also both are not allowed to come in contact with dead. That is, a Kohen forbidden to come in contact with, become impure, come in contact with a dead. And since one of these is a Kohen and one's a doubtful Kohen, one's not a Kohen, and we're in doubt which one is which, both of them have to take the stringency of not becoming tummy to dead bodies. They know sin nashim, and they may, and they may not get married to any woman. Bein kasheres, bein pesulas, whether they are um, not kosher. Excuse me, that <clears throat> whether they're kosher, or not kosher, because one, uh, shivcha can't, uh, uh, eva can't marry a regular woman. Fine. Hegilatarovis. What happens as they get older, and when they get older, the slave is freed. So a shivchuzes, and they get free, or they free each other, as in we don't know which is which. So we basically say both of them are going to free both of them. They both may marry Kohanim, but only those fit for a Kohen. That is, they can't marry a Grusha, a divorcee, or a Geora as a convert because one of them is a definite Kohen. So we treat both of them with stringency. And they continue in the time of the Mason, they continue that they can't become in contact with a dead body. However, they do become in contact with a dead body. Intentionally, we don't give them Malkas, we don't lash them because we only give Malkas when there's definite prohibition that's taking place, a definite violation. Here it's not definite because one is really permitted, we just don't know. Okay, now, once they're freed, ain't ultimate truma, they can no longer get truma because one of them is no longer Kohen, uh, or no longer in, within the Kohen's house. Obviously, the one who's a Kohen is always a Kohen. The, the, the one who is a slave no longer lives in the Kohen's household, so they're not allowed to eat truma, so they both can eat truma. But if they do eat it, we don't make them pay the uh, the, the, um, the principal and the fifth, uh, and, and an additional fifth. Normally, if someone were to eat uh, uh, truma, we, we discussed this when we learned Zrayim, not only do they pay back the principle of the matter, as in the value of the truma they ate, but also they add on a fifth as a punishment. We don't require that. Vein cholken alagaron and did not receive a portion of truma at the threshing floor because they're not allowed to eat it. However, they may sell the truma to Kohen and they can keep the money for them. It's not that the money doesn't take on the uh, properties of truma where it has to be given to Kohen, but here they can keep it. Similarly, vein cholken kachim mikdash did not receive a portion of the sacrifice in the mikdash. Um, we don't give them, that is the portion is like when they were had they brought all the sacrifices the hides went to the Kohen that actually was how they made their livelihood or part of how they made their livelihood they don't get that we don't give them from the sacrifices 
But we don't remove the sacrifices from their possession. And this is a different talking about a different concept. That's the bechar, the uh, tenth animal, the or the, the well, tenth animal, but also the bechar is the firstborn belongs to Sheva Kahuna. However, it doesn't belong to the Kohen in the way that Truma does, where Truma essentially says Mamun Gavoa belongs to heavens, it just happens to be the property of the non-Kohen, and all he has to do is facilitate getting it to the Kohen. By Bihar, it really belongs to um, it's more it's a monetary claim that I, uh, the non-Kohen, have to give it to the Kohen, which means, which means, this is one of the most famous sugis in Shas, which means that because we're dealing in the world of, 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 of money and not in the world of Kachim, so the Kohen has to have definite proof that, that he's a Kohen in order to remove money from his friend. The same way if I, if I were to owe you money, you have to prove that I owe you money, behind a, uh, and if you can't prove it, so I, we say belong, it, it belongs to the person who's holding it, it's called Muxik, uh, it's mine until you can prove otherwise. So too with Bechar, it's mine until you prove otherwise. So in this case, when um, a Kohen walks over to this uh, Suffolk Kohen and says, uh, excuse me, give me that Bechar, you know, you have to give it to me, he can say, well, prove that I'm not a Kohen. And so long as you can't prove that I'm not a Kohen and I'm not allowed, I'm, it's not mine, so then I'm going, going to hold it. It's in my possession. And since I'm muhsik, I'm holding it, you can't take it out of my hands. Fine. That's one of the most famous sugis in Shaz, called Tuck for Kohen, where Kohen goes ahead and grabs it from the, uh, from the owner. Uh, and, and you can imagine what happens from there. We're not going to get into that, but the Shach wrote a full safer on that. Okay. Ubatura min azuro min um, they're also exempt to, from giving the foreleg, the jaws, and the stomach of a kosher animal to the Kohen, since they can claim that perhaps I'm a Kohen. So what happens to their Bechar? We uh, let it graze until it develops a blemish, and thus it gets disqualified from being brought as a carbon, and it can be slaughtered and eaten by the owner. So basically, to sum it up, we, we give them all the stringencies of a Kohen and the stringencies of a Yisrael, and we don't let them have the leniencies. Okay, Mishnah Vav. That was a little long Mishnah, and I'm sorry, Mishnah Vav is going to be a little long as well. So we're going to have a case now where we have unclear lineage of a son, where the mother didn't do anything wrong in terms of uh, Arias, but rather we require, uh, after a marriage ends, the woman to wait three months before she remarries. Reason being, we need to ensure she's not pregnant. And within three months, you can hook her Uber, we can tell if she's pregnant or not. Well, this woman immediately remarries or remarries within three months and now a child is born and we're unsure is this a child from the first husband who may be dead or divorced or is this a child from the second husband who's born a little premature so again you can imagine the complications are going to arise here's a boy who was born and we're not sure are his brothers from the first husband or the second husband? And as you can imagine, we're learning Yuvamas, so what's going to happen is this boy, this boy grows up, gets married, and dies, leaving a widow without any descendants. Thus, she has to do Yibam, but she can only do Yibam on, well, which one's doing Yibam with her? We don't know if it's a, a, a normal full-term baby or a premature baby. And she also has sons from the first husband and the second husband. What does she do? What does she do? She has to chalitza, and she can't do yibum. Why? Because only the sons from her, from her, um, only her, the brothers from the father are able to do yibum. But the brothers that um, are from, the only, if they only share a mother, they're not, as we learned in the first mission of the Masechta, a half-brother from a mother, that's actually an erva. So we're in a funny place where either one brother is a half-brother from the mother, one brother is a half-brother from the father. And or maybe a full brother, uh, right? Depending on on who the father is, and therefore because we're unsure, we have we can only do chalitza. 
similarly, it would be the op- it would it'd be the same as well if one of the brothers died and he's and, and he's there as well. The Suffolk brother, the brother doesn't know his father is, can only do chalitza and cannot do yibum. Okay. What happens, however, if just a uh, real blended family, the father, both husbands have uh, have children from other wives, and then this these husbands marry this lady, uh, one after the other. So now we have a child who we don't know who his father is, and he has half brother half brothers on both sides, but through his father, which means which would mean as follows that one of these are his half brother, and the other one's not related to him at all. It's not related to him at all because again, um, because because they don't share, they don't share anything. It's, it's, it's a, it's a man, it's a man married a woman. They have a child. Then the man marries this woman, and and we're un, maybe this is his father. If it's his father, that is his half brother. If it's not his father, so then that boy has no relation. The other brother has no relation to him. Who holds me on? And therefore, he may do chalitza or yibum. Why? Because either he's doing, uh, let's say, we'll go with yibum. Either he's doing yibum with the, the, either his wife is doing yibum with the bona fide brother, or she, their sister, are no other brothers that exist. Which is just making an assumption. So then she's just she, she's not eligible for yibum. So therefore, she's just getting married to a random guy. Vehaim echecholitz vechem yibum. Similarly, all the way around, either perform yibum or do chalitza. I wish you all a wonderful day.